You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. It is Crystal Iram here, and we are here for part one of Calling Him In, a three-part series. The reason that I decided to do this series is because I posted a question in my Facebook group, Magnetizing Love, the other day. If you're not in the group already, you're going to want to join the group. It has over 1,900 really amazing, smart, successful women who are calling in love. So I posted a question in my group last week, and it was something along the lines of, you know, what's your biggest question about calling in love? And the main thing that kept coming up was like, where is he? Like that was everyone's question about like why they ha- like where is he? Where is my person? And when I saw that, I was just like, oh, I totally get that. I feel that so strongly because when I was manifesting my husband, that was the main thing that made me feel like maybe I wasn't on the right track, that I was getting derailed. And so I wanted to use this series as an opportunity to sort of answer that question. So what we're really going to be looking at is really some of the energetic principles as well as some of the practical principles in terms of calling in love. So some of this is going to be a little bit esoteric and woo-woo, and some of it's going to be really practical and nitty-gritty. And so I'm just going to mix it all together because that's the way that I like to do it, and that's the way that I think it's the most fun and actually easy to implement. So today, what I want to talk about is actually one of my amazing clients, students who called in her man. She called in the love of her life and she went from single, completely single, not in a relationship to engaged in less than six months. And she did this in the middle of the Corona crisis. It's 2020. And she did not use online dating. Well, I shouldn't say that she did use online dating. She did not meet her person online. So I want to talk about that because I know for a lot of people this year has been particularly rough when it comes to dating. I've talked to several of my students who have had fantastic years when it comes to dating. Um, and they're like, I'm at the love of my life, best year ever. I've had several students get married. I've had a couple of engagements. I've had a couple of students move in together with their partners. And I've had women who have, you know, met their person and just coupled up and have new boyfriends. So I know for sure that people are still falling in love and meeting amazing men, amazing partners right now. But I know for some of you, you haven't seen that. You don't necessarily believe that. And so, yeah, I want to address that. I want to break it all down. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the three, three of the big things that she did, and I'm going to do sort of high level and we'll, we'll break it down, but really you're going to get four. Cause I'm also going to talk about a bonus one that I hadn't planned on talking about, but is really worth mentioning. And it's actually a really important part of the process. Okay. Let's start. I'm going to start with the bonus one, actually. I'm going to start with, we could call it four. I'm just going to call it the bonus. The first thing that my client slash student did that allowed her to go from single to engaged. 
in just a couple of months was that she set an intention. She set an intention and she was willing to declare what she really wanted. And this is actually really important because what I find with a lot of smart, successful women is that like you're highly accomplished, right? And it's like, I only say this because I get it. Like this is how I am also. I tend to attract women who are very similar to me in a lot of ways. You're very accomplished and you're used to succeeding in anything you do, right? And so the fact that you maybe haven't called in the love that you wanted, it makes it so that a lot of women are more hesitant. They're very resistant to declare, like, I want my person. Like, I want to call in my person. Whenever I talk about my story, I talk about the year of the man, right? And I say, going into 2016, I said, 2016 is the year of the man. I am calling in my husband this year. And it was a powerful thing when I did that because I was saying, I'm making my love life a priority. I know what I desire to create, and I am going to create that no matter what. A lot of women don't want to do that with their love lives. It feels like, you know, I mean, I'm guessing that for the biggest reason would be because they're like, well, what if it doesn't happen? And then I've made this declaration and it didn't happen. People get a lot of fear around that, right? You have to get over that. This is the first step is really saying, here's my intention. And, you know, an intention is more than a wish. An intention is actually you energetically putting your energy behind something. So that's why I always say that I said, I'm calling in my husband this year, no matter what. Now, if I hadn't called in my husband that year, would it have mattered? No, I was determined. I wanted to meet my person. I wanted to have that lasting, loving, healthy, happy relationship. Like I wanted that. And so I would have continue trying. Like it was an arbitrary timeline. Like, you know, who says that I couldn't have met my husband in a month and who says that I couldn't have taken two years to meet him? Would it have ultimately mattered? It wouldn't have. But me energetically putting it out there in that way where it's like, I am doing this was a strong, strong signal. And so my client did the same thing. When she came to me, she came to me last, I want to say last August. And she said to me, Crystal, I want to meet my person. I want to get engaged. I want to be married. And a lot of people, they come to me and it's like, you know, they'll sign up to work with me. They'll sign up for my program. And they still don't want to admit that what they really want is like their husband, their life partner, their person. There's a lot of like pussyfooting around it, you know, as if that makes you weak as a woman or as if that makes you unsuccessful in this area or as if it's wrong to want a man. And I still forget all that. I think men are wonderful. Obviously, if you're in my world, that's something you should know. So if you hate men, you're probably not going to resonate with what I talk about because I love men. Not all men. There's obviously men that do horrible, disgusting, despicable things, but like, that's not what I'm focusing on because I don't want any of you to be with men like that. So she set this intention And part of the intention was that she basically was willing to say, this is a priority in my life, right? And that's another thing that women don't want to do, especially women in their 20s and 30s. What I found with women who I work with who are in their 40s when they're like, I really would like to have a child, I really want to get married, is like they sort of realize now's the time and they are a little bit more willing to do that. When I meet women in their 20s and 30s, a lot of times they don't want to say that. They don't want to say, my love life is my biggest priority. The most important thing to me right now is finding that relationship. You know, for most of them, it's their careers. And it's like that has gotten them to a place where they're happy in their careers, where they're 
found a level of success, where they found a level of satisfaction on their own, and it served them well. And if you want something different, you have to like you have to do something different. And so when they're ready for a shift in their love lives, that willingness to say, my career isn't going to be my priority right now. My love life is. I'm willing to spend the time and the energy and to invest in myself to make that happen. You know, that's another thing that, you know, this is all part of really setting that intention and making a priority is she was willing to invest in this. You know, for a lot of things, women are willing to invest in themselves. You know, we'll invest in self-care. We'll spend on things that we think are beautiful. We're happy to spend on, you know, shoes or handbags if that's your thing. Um, For me, it's personal development. Like everyone has their things. For a lot of women, it's travel, you know, doing things with their friends, going out to nice places. For a lot of women, there are things that they're happy to spend money on. And their personal development and their love life isn't one of them. They say like, no, I, I don't, I don't need to do that. Or, you know, I'm not going to, it might not be worth it. So my client, she put all of that aside. She said, this is a priority to me. I'm treating it like a priority. I'm investing in myself, the time, the energy, and the money to actually make a big shift. Okay. So that is the first one. So the second thing that she did, and I'm going to treat this as one, that was your bonus. So the first thing you want to do is set that really powerful intention. If it is going to be your time to call in love, then just commit to that, you know? And it's like, you don't have to make a declaration. You definitely can now. Like if you want to put in the comments, like it's the year of the man for me, or like, I'm ready to call in my man, like make that declaration, be, be proud of it. Like put your energy behind it. The next thing, and this is a really, really big thing, and this is really important to understand, is that she upgraded her love blueprint, okay? So I want to talk about what your love blueprint is because this is really important to understand. So your love blueprint is basically all of your thoughts, your beliefs, your ideas about love and relationships, and they're conscious and they're unconscious or subconscious, okay? So let's break this down a little bit. Your conscious mind is what you are already aware of. Okay. So I'm going to, when I put like up, I'm usually referring to like your conscious, like your conscious is higher. Your subconscious is a little bit lower, meaning that it's at a lower level of your own awareness. Most of us are aware of the things that are going on consciously. Consciously, anyone who is here watching this wants a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. Well, I'm assuming you want something. You want some sort of connection with a person. Maybe you don't want a relationship. Maybe you want something more casual than a relationship. I don't know. I don't know exactly what you want. Most of the women who are here, my best guess would be that they want a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. That is what I focus on helping women create. So consciously, that's what you want. Okay. But obviously, if you haven't created that, you recognize that wanting something consciously is not enough to get it, right? Like just because you want it consciously does not mean that it is automatically coming into your experience. Why? Because there are also things going on subconsciously. And the problem is, is that our subconscious is stronger. Our subconscious is very powerful and our subconscious is always going to win. So if you consciously want a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship with a wonderful man, someone you can build a home with and have a life with and have a family with, and you don't have it, then you know that subconsciously there is something at odds with that. Okay? 
The easiest way to know what is happening in your subconscious mind is to look at the results that are currently showing up in your life. What you're currently manifesting, that is the biggest clue you could possibly get into what is happening in your subconscious. Okay. So whatever that is, if that means that you're not getting dates at all, if it means that you're not meeting people, if it means that you keep getting into these short-term relationships and then you, you get dumped, if that means that you are only attracted to unavailable men, if that means that, you know, you're being ghosted, if that means that you, whatever it is, whatever the situation is, that is your biggest clue as to what is happening with you subconsciously. Okay. Why? Because like, that's what's showing up, you know, and it's like, it's different than what you want consciously. So, you know, what you want consciously and what's showing up subconsciously is different, What's showing up in your world is different. And so that's what's happening in your subconscious. Does that make sense? Our conscious mind is a much smaller percentage of our, of our brain, of the way that we operate. You know, you can think of it like an iceberg. The tip, the top is what we see, you know, but it's like, that's just a very small bit. The majority is under the water. You can't see it. You don't fully know what's going on. Right. And so that's exactly how our conscious and subconscious mind are. And you know, what happens? This is really interesting. The way that this comes together When we are children, from the ages of zero to seven, our minds are just open. So we're taking in the world, we're observing things, we're hearing things from our parents and from our caretakers, and we're just taking all of that in. And we start making inferences and we start using our reasoning. We don't really have reasoning though, because we're talking about like four and five-year-olds, right? We're just taking all of this in. And this starts to form what I call your love blueprint. Okay. So your sense of safety, of lovability, of how easy it is to love you, all of those things have already been put in your mind before you're seven years old. And then once you actually start dating, what we do is we basically, our our love blueprint acts like a lens, right? So we see everything through this lens that we've created, this love blueprint. And we are looking for things to affirm what we already believe. We're looking for experiences and for people that match what we already believe. For most people, this is how we operate when we're just operating on autopilot. Until you do something different, until you make a conscious decision to change your love blueprint, upgrade your limiting beliefs to believe something different. So that is really powerful and it's a really important thing. So whatever you're currently experiencing, that's going to be your big clue into what your subconscious mind believes. So what you're going to want to do is think about like, what is showing up in my experience? What has showed up the most frequently in my experience? Most people have patterns. Sometimes people don't have patterns and you're just like really all over the place, but most people do have patterns. And when you actually take the time to think about it, you can recognize what those patterns are because they're showing up over and over again. So the first thing you have to do is become aware of what they are, right? So you become aware of what your love blueprint is, what your limiting beliefs are, what's happening with you subconsciously. 
And then you are able to upgrade it so that it's more aligned with what you want to create. Okay. So that was the next thing that she did. So that first thing was setting that powerful attention. The next thing was really, really upgrading her love blueprint and clearing out her limiting beliefs. Okay, because what she was experiencing before, when she first came to me, what she was experiencing was she's beautiful. She was didn't have a problem getting dates. You know, she would meet men. And she wasn't getting the kind of treatment that she really wanted. She wasn't calling in men that were happy to be committed to her, where she was creating healthy dynamics with them. She was meeting a lot of men who were very wishy-washy with her, who would come on really, really strong, and then they would sort of not always ghost. She was ghosted. She did experience being ghosted, but sometimes they would just come on really strong and then they would sort of fizzle out. She had an experience where a guy came on really, really strong. He was really interested. And then he really pulled back. And then he told her afterwards that he had gotten back together with her ex. And she was really hurt by that. You know, so she was just experiencing all these things where it was just like these very mixed signals where it's like they were acting one way initially. And then she was getting something totally different after. Right. And so it's like, you can imagine how frustrating that is. I'm sure for some of you, you have a similar sort of thing where it's like, what is going on? Why are they sending these mixed messages? This doesn't make any sense. Okay. So that's what she was experiencing. So when she came to me and she said, I really like, I want to get married. She hadn't been in a relationship in a while. She had had these very short term things with guys that she thought were really like ideal matches, you know? So she was really upset each time it didn't work out. But this actually flows perfectly into the next thing that she did, which is that she actually finally got real clarity on what she wanted. Now, this was really interesting because this particular woman, when she came to me, she thought she knew exactly what she wanted. You know, she said, Crystal, I already know what I want. Like, I know exactly what I want. And the guys that I'm meeting are totally fitting that. They're all fitting that. And so I don't know why it's not working out. And that was really interesting to me. I was like, if they're all fitting it, then like there really shouldn't be a problem. But she was actually like most women, which is that she thought that she had clarity. She thought she really knew what she wanted and needed, but she didn't. And the reason that she didn't is because she didn't actually understand what she needed in a relationship and she didn't understand what it meant to settle. So what I mean by that is that she was meeting guys who were hot, and who were pretty successful. On paper, they seemed like great, right? Like they were hot and successful, right? Like most women, most women, not all women, some women don't care about those things, but most women love the idea of having a guy who's really good looking and really successful, right? So she was meeting guys like that. And so you know, when I asked her, I was like, well, do you think you're settling in anyone? She said, no, like I'm meeting these really high value, great men. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me about them. And she's telling me about them. But then like, she doesn't have much to say beyond that. Like they're hot and they're successful. You know, usually they were kind of charming, things like that, tall. But then when we really dug into it, she was settling because she wasn't getting the treatment that she wanted. This is a huge mistake that a lot of women make is that they, they think that settling is just based on the other person's characteristics. The main way that I see settling blocking women is not about the other person's characteristics. It's actually about the way that he shows up for her. Okay. The way that he shows up for her and his willingness 
to invest in her, his time, his energy, his resources. This is really important, okay? Because the way that a man invests his time, his energy, and his resources is the clearest indicator that you're going to get of his genuine feelings towards you. How do you know this? Because you have encountered men who say all the right things and then disappear or who say all the right things and then treat you like garbage. And you're just like, what the, what is going on here? Right? Because it's not that words don't matter. You know, people love to say like, oh, words don't count for anything. I don't believe that. Words do count. But what you have to look for is alignment between his actions and his words, between his, his words and his investment, really. Right? So it's like, not only does he need to say the right things, but he needs to invest in you and over time. It is very easy for a man to invest for a week or two, right? Like for him to say like, here's some beautiful flowers and here's a couple of fancy dinners and that's it. Like that doesn't really require that much. Like a lot of guys can sort of keep up a ruse for a couple of weeks, right? Like that doesn't mean so much. But for him to really invest in you over time, to give his time, his energy, and his resources, that shows much more about where he's at. So she thought she wasn't settling because, you know, on paper they had some good things going on, but the way they were investing in her was very, very low. So she had to get really clear on what she actually desired. And it was so much more than just someone who was hot and successful. Here's another thing that happens a lot is that I see women who people are telling them that they're too picky, right? Like we hear this as women a lot, you know, you're being too picky. Like you need to just like settle for someone. And people are saying that for, with the best of intentions usually, but it's coming from this very low level understanding of just a low level understanding. Like it doesn't, it's not usually advice that makes sense with the women that I work with because they're not being too picky. In fact, for a lot of them, their standards are too low. And so for this particular woman, she had to raise her standards. I had to, we had to like break it down. We had to raise her standards because she didn't just want someone who was hot and successful. She wanted someone who was kind She wanted someone who had the same values as she did. She is a Christian and she feels very strongly about that. And that's an important part of her life. And it's something that she wanted to be a part of her life with her partner and, you know, in her family life in the future. You know, so it was like there was all these other elements. And so she had been focusing on the fact that people had been telling her, you're being too picky. You're being too picky. Like, stop being so picky. And so it was like very counterintuitive that she had to actually do the opposite. It wasn't that she was becoming more picky. It was that she was raising her standards so that she was focusing on the people who could actually give her what she wanted. One of the ways that I like to describe this to my clients and students is you're focusing in on the essence of what you want to create. A lot of people, they are thinking about the objective qualities, in someone else rather than the subjective qualities. So objective qualities would be things like his height, you know, his hair color, where he went to school, the kind of job that he has. Now you can have preferences 
This particular client, she did have some preferences in terms of looks. She really did not want to budge on height. When we were when we were getting clarity around what she wanted to create, she was just like, I really want someone tall. Most of the women I meet want someone tall. But when we dig into it, it's actually not that important to them. For her, she really wanted it. It felt like a non-negotiable for her. Everyone gets to have some non-negotiables. You don't want to have too many because then you're just blocking things out. Like you don't know what's available to you, what's in store for you. And sometimes the things that we're focusing on that we think are really important aren't important at all. And by overly focusing on these things that don't matter, these objective qualities, you're actually just blocking out people who are going to be a really great fit for you in the long term. Anyway, all that's to say, she did end up with someone who was very tall. She did get her height requirement because that actually did matter to her. For a lot of my clients, they say that, you know, height is really important to them, but then like they don't actually care. They want someone who they think is really attractive. And so for a lot of women, that's like an easy, it's like a lowest common denominator. You know, it's like he's tall, so he's hot. For her, it actually mattered. For a lot of people, it doesn't. And so it's better for them to take it out and just focus on finding someone that they're very attracted to, regardless of his height, right? So that clarity was really important. That was like a big, big, big game changer for her when she like really understood that. So, you know, one of the things that I like to have my clients do is really focus in on, I mean, I have a whole module on this in the School of Manifesting Love. We do like an entire mini boot camp essentially, breaking this down. But I'm going to give you a little tip here so that you can sort of work on this. You want to think about like five things rather than having like your list of 30. Now, what I find is that when you put things in the right order, when you're really willing to focus on the things that matter most, you get a lot more. Okay. This is something that I hear whenever I, whenever I'm like hearing a client's success story, this is like one of the most consistent things that I hear is they're like, I feel like I wrote him into existence because I got every single thing on my list, every single one of my requirements. But the way that it usually happens is because they've focused in on just the things that matter most. And then they find someone who happens to encapsulate all these other things that really matter to them. Okay. But that's what you want to start with. It's just that like, what are the things that absolutely matter most? So it's like your five your five things where it's like you can think about if you had those five things in a partner that really get down to the essence of what you desire to create in a relationship, you know that you would feel happy and satisfied and in love, right? It's really a powerful exercise to sort of narrow it down this way because this is going to allow you to sift through people much more quickly, to not focus on people who just aren't going to be it for you. And focus just on people who are going to provide what you actually want and desire for a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. So let's get into the third one. So this is the next part. And this is really, really important. And this is also the thing that I would say people struggle with the most. Okay, so what I see is that the upgrading of your love blueprint and the intention, there's like some level of work to do there. So it's not easy per se. The clarity part is the thing that people find really, really fun um, because it is fun, right? Like you're basically creating an order form for the universe and you're saying, here is what I'm going to call in. This is what I want. Super fun, right? The next thing is really getting aligned and leaning back. And this tends to be the thing that a lot of people really struggle with. This is like the hardest part. So one of the things that women do 
when they are manifesting love is that they start building up their belief in what they're creating, right? So it's like when you're manifesting, it's like you create your vision, right? That's the clarity. So now it's like you have this vision and then you start building up your belief that you can actually get it. You've already done some of that rewiring of your subconscious. You've upgraded your love blueprint. You've excavated all those beliefs and cleared them out. And so it's like, okay, I can actually see this happening. I can believe that this is possible for me. And what they start doing is they start creating this big energy, right? And this is really powerful. Like your energy starts to expand as you increase your faith and belief that you get to have what you want. So it's like your energy is growing and like, it's beautiful. It's really attractive and it's really fun. And like people want to be around that. People like that. So you're moving into this expansive, open, abundant energy. And you're just like, I actually think this is going to work. I actually get love. I know I get love. I can do this. This is so exciting. I can't wait to meet my person. I know that he's here. I know that he's just around the corner and your energy is expanding and you're enjoying life and you're just like living your best life and you're being your best self and it's very attractive. So now you have this big energy and you're going to be attracting in higher and higher quality men. And of course they're going to want to come into your world because like you are so expansive and you're so open and you're so like happy and joyful and present. Right. And so then you have this huge expansive energy and then you start meeting people and then you get to sift through them and you have all this clarity now. So you know exactly what you want and you can say, yes, I'd like to know you more. No, I don't need to know more about you. And you're just sort of sifting through. Then you meet someone that you really like. Now this is what happens with a lot of women. What you would want to happen in that situation is you meet someone that you really like. And so you've been sifting and you're like, ooh, I like this one. I want to explore this relationship with him. And you want it to be that your energy keeps getting bigger and you say, oh, I've met this amazing person. I'm so excited to see where this could go. There's so much love in my life. I love how open expansive I feel. I know that it's this or something better. This is so exciting. I love that there's this amazing person here. I get to explore this at a deeper level and see if he's the one for me. How amazing, right? Your energy gets even bigger and more expansive and more attractive and all of these other great things can come into your experience, right? That's what we want to happen when you meet someone. What most women do doesn't look like that. So that's what my client did. She really, really expanded her energy. Between the time she got the clarity and before she called in her person, she was in a very expansive, open energy. She was just really fully believing and having faith in the fact that she was having what she wanted. And then she met her person and she expanded her energy even more. She didn't start clinging to him because here's what most women do. They meet someone amazing and they say, oh my God, I hope that this is it. I have never met anyone like this before. What if he doesn't feel the same way about me? How am I going to keep him? How am I going to make sure that he continues liking me? Did I say something wrong? Is he going to call? It's been longer than I expected since I heard from him. This is taking longer than I expected. I don't know what's happening. I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed out why isn't he calling? Right. And their energy becomes really small, not just small. It becomes contracted. Once the energy is contracted in that way, it becomes repellent. So instead of being in this open, expansive place where they're calling in wonderful things, they start to repel not only the things that they want, but also the men that had been showing up. Right. Most of us, that is most women's natural way of operating. And this actually all comes back to the way that your love blueprint and your subconscious comes into play. 
With our subconscious, when we're getting new information, essentially, our subconscious isn't interested in us changing. Our subconscious does not want us to change. So it's very, what happens when we're like taking in something new, when we're learning something new, and we're attempting to implement something new, is we start to feel a little bit of fear because like there's almost nothing the subconscious hates more than the unknown. So the subconscious would rather we stay where we are even if it's miserable or unhappy because it's familiar. Our subconscious is like, stay familiar. Don't care that that's not what you consciously want. So when we start to try to take in something new, the subconscious starts to like try to take over. And it's like, let me get you back to safety. So I want to reject this new thing that you've been trying. I want to reject this new information because this is scary. Let's just Let's just go back to safety. Let's just go back to what we've been doing. Okay. So the way that you keep the expansive energy is by staying focused on what you are creating. What most women do, it's like you're expanding your energy because you've decided that you're calling someone in and you've gotten that clarity. So let's say that your vision, like this is your vision. Your vision's right over here. And then here's this guy. Okay. And you're dating him. So dating is just about getting to know someone. Dating is about trying to see, is this person potentially a fit for me? Is this someone that I could really be with? And want like getting to know them at that deeper level. We don't know if this person that you've called in is going to fit your vision. What a lot of women do is they see a couple of things about someone and they say, oh my God, this is it. Like I called in my person. This is, this is it. He's definitely the one. Without allowing the relationship to fully unfold, right? One of the things I really advocate practicing is non-identification, meaning that you don't decide that he's the one until he's clearly the one, meaning that there is a solid, solid commitment. A lot of times that's going to look like engagement. Not that engagements don't fall apart. They can. But a lot of times, like once you're engaged, especially if it happens fairly quickly, it's like, that's usually a pretty solid sign that like you're really on the right track. You're on the same page. There's full alignment there. So what most women do, it's like your vision is over here and you're in this big expansive energy, but instead of saying focus on your vision and keep expanding your energy, they put all of their focus over here onto this guy and they say, it's gotta be him. So what you want to do is when you meet someone You keep your energy on your vision. And instead of saying, it's got to be him, you say, I know it's this or something better. You keep focusing on your vision. When someone does that, that is when you are really making room for love. Because once you meet someone you like, like you have to think about how much energy is flowing when you find someone that you really are excited about. Like that is powerful manifesting energy that you can really use to your benefit. Most people don't do that they realize that they like someone and like they make it as if he is, he's their source. He is the source for all of their love. He's the source for their sense of expansion. But it's like, no, you created that. Like you already created that sense of expansion. And he came in because it was there. He was not the source of that. He did not give you that sense of expansion. He did not give you that feeling of love. He may have made it easier to amplify because now you've got this living, breathing, you know, sexy man, 
in front of you. But like he did not create that. You created that on your own. And most women forget that. And they make him the source of all of that love, all of that big energy. And then it feels like if I lose him, if he goes away, that's going to be gone. And it's like, no, 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 no. It was there before he got there and it can stay if he leaves. But you got to make sure that like you stay focused on what you're creating and not put that energy over and on to him. This is a really challenging thing to do. I know. I know it's really challenging. And this is where a lot, a lot, a lot of like dating coaches and experts, this is where they're giving you advice about like playing games essentially about like, don't call him for this amount of time, do this and do that. And all of these different things that, you know, people might try to memorize and try to act out in a particular way to get a particular result. And like, this is why, because you don't want him to feel that clinging energy. So it's like these experts and gurus who are giving advice like that, like there's good reason for it. But it's so much more powerful when you get to the root of the root of the cause and like the root of what that's actually trying to accomplish, which is this expansive energy that's not latching onto him. Okay. But that's the bottom line is you want to keep the focus on what you're creating rather than putting the focus onto an individual person and making that person your source. I see women wait around for years sometimes for months, sometimes for years, hoping that someone will come around. Someone will become ready for a relationship. It almost never happens like that. When a guy is saying he's not ready for a relationship, he's communicating something very real, which is that he does not feel like he's ready for a relationship. And without knowing for him as a man, what does it mean to be ready? You could be waiting forever. And what could just as easily happen is that he'll become ready and you will not be the one. Okay. And I am not saying this in a callous way or disregarding you or how you feel because I get this. This literally happened to me. The guy that I felt like was my person for the longest time, he was not ready for a relationship. He was not ready for a relationship. That is what he told me. And he was not ready for a relationship. He was not ready for a relationship with me or with anyone else. And then he was. He became ready for a relationship. And I was not the one. So it was never untrue when he said that he wasn't ready for a relationship. But the truth was that he did not want a relationship with me. And his readiness was a completely separate issue from that. He could not have articulated that. I don't think he meant to lead me on or hurt me, but he didn't articulate that. And I couldn't wrap my head around that. How could I not be the one? Like when he was ready, of course he was going to choose me. Like, look at how good we are together. We had spent so much time together and I loved him. Like, how could he not feel the same way about me? Like there was no way for me to even fathom that he could become ready for a relationship and it wouldn't be me. Like, Of course it's going to be me. When he's ready, it'll be me. That is what made sense to me. But that wasn't the case. And it's usually not the case. Often when a man is not ready, but he wants to be with you, he is not going to want to risk losing you. 
So that's not necessarily a good thing either. Women end up in very shitty relationships because of that, because he's like not ready for a relationship and he's afraid of losing her and they're both just miserable. But men are extremely, extremely, extremely reluctant to lose out on someone they truly value, on someone they really see as their person, as someone they see as their wife, right? Like men do not want to lose their wife. Now, sometimes a man is not ready And if he is risking losing that person, he is going to make himself ready. And I do not say this as a put down in the situations where he doesn't become ready for you. Women sometimes take this to an extreme and it's like, well, if I were good enough, if I were pretty enough, if I were this, that, or whatever enough, then like, why wouldn't he try to get it together for me? It's not quite that. It's an energy a man has to feel compelled men. Okay. I'm like, now it's like, I talk about this in the school of manifesting love and the sixth module, we like really dive deeply into this particular thing. Sort of talking about men and readiness in their own relationship with themselves, because men have this relationship with themselves, with their sense of honor and with their own definitions of things. Meaning Most men in their minds will have an idea of what it means to be ready, to be ready for a relationship, to be ready to get married, to be ready to have kids. All of those things in their mind, there is something where it's like, I'm ready for this or I'm not ready for it. So when you're in a committed relationship with someone, these are things that you're going to want to talk about. What's it going to take for you to be ready to get married? What's it going to take for you to be ready for kids? Because if he's not ready, you cannot make him be ready. That has to come from within himself. Now, it's possible for a woman to galvanize a man in such a way that he will become ready. Okay? That's how my husband was. He was not per se looking for his wife. Okay? He was dating. He was hoping to hook up when we met. Like, he was hoping we were going to hook up. Um, He was not not ready, if that makes sense. Okay? So it's like you can sort of think about it like, There's a spectrum. There's people who are completely ready and there are people who are not ready. Let's say Kobe was sort of somewhere in the middle, but he was not in the resistant to being ready. He was not saying, I am not ready. I'm not willing to do this. He just wasn't looking. He didn't think that he was fully ready. But then he met me and was like, oh, this is what I would be looking for. I'm going to go ahead and get ready so that I can be with this person. Right? But that's a different thing when someone's saying, I am not ready or this is not something that I currently want. But what I was saying before, that men have their own relationship with their sense of readiness, their sense of honor, and their definitions of what it means to be a man. If a man is trying to do something before he feels ready, it's like he's betraying himself. Okay? That's why, like, when someone is forced, like, when a guy feels forced into a relationship, when he feels forced into a corner, forced into a commitment, forced to have kids, any of those things, it's like, You can look and you see these men and you're like, he has so much potential. Like, I know he could be so much better at this. Why is he being so bad at it? Because he wasn't ready. Because he's betrayed himself and his own definition of what it means to be ready for something. Right? Like, they have in their minds their own idea of, like, where they want to be in their lives so that they can show up the way that they want to show up. 
right? The way that they want to be in a relationship, the way they want to be as a husband, the way they want to be as fathers. They do not want to veer from that. And a man who does veer from that, it's not going to be a man that you're going to maintain respect for, right? Because it's like, that's one of the things that's really amazing about men is when they have this sense of honor within themselves and they have this definition of how they want to be and they're able to fulfill that. Like those are men that feel good about themselves that have like a healthy sense of self-esteem and who they are. And they're like strong as men, right? So for most of the women that are in my world who are smart and successful and accomplished on their own, like they need men like that. They want men like that. And the ones who are so wishy-washy, who just like give up who they are in a way to try to please you, most women don't stay satisfied with that. Okay. So that is all that I have for today. So I hope this served you well. You all are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. Thank you.